Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. This is the Lombardi Line on VSEN and DraftKings Network alongside former NFL executive Mr. Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bonantoni with you. Coming to you from coast to coast, as always, Michael out there in Jersey. I am live from Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. We are wrapping up what was a... Very interesting and fun and exciting and chaotic Sunday in the NFL. And we still have Monday Night Football coming up tonight, Michael. But what were some of your just biggest overall takeaways from what we saw on the field yesterday in the NFL? A lot of interesting results. Yeah, it was. I thought a lot of it was you're seeing some really interesting decision making. I thought the Colts, I thought Shane Steichen, for all his creativity offensively and being a play caller and moving the ball against a good Cleveland defense, I think this was a perfect example of not being a head coach. You know, he's playing against P.J. Walker. How can he beat us? You know, and then he goes and gives away 10 points at the end of the first half, you know, and, and, and isn't able. And those 10 points end up costing him, and everybody wants to blame the officiating, when in reality it's his own play calling that cost him the game. So I see a lot of that. You know, I I think to me, this is a league where you got to be sharp in everything you do. Keep your team alive. Keep keep it going. I mean, I think Mike Tomlin does as good a job as anybody. And the other thing is you've got to be able to be resilient. I think the, the fact that New England was able to beat a team that they haven't been 12 points close to in three games is somewhat remarkable, but it shows you where Buffalo is. And I think after eight weeks now, we kind of have a direction of some of these teams, you know, where we know some aren't going to be compete for a playoff spot and some can compete but not really get very far. And then there's those Super Bowl teams that maybe have peak are starting to peak at the right time. Kansas City, Baltimore, you know, Philadelphia. We'll see San Francisco tonight. 
Yeah, I'm a. Uh, I'm gonna be upset about the Bills for a while um, because it looked like they were rallying. They put it together. They were gonna close it out. All you have to do is stop Mac Jones from going the length of the field, Michael. But couldn't get it done. So that was a little bit frustrating for your girl in that teaser play. I loved that teaser with the Bills and Seattle Seahawks yesterday. Um, and I also loved getting a feel for who is a good team in the NFL right now, especially because there were two marquee games yesterday that I think we all can agree going in felt like litmus tests, felt like measuring stick type of games with the Lions and Ravens going head to head and the Dolphins and Eagles because the Lions and Dolphins both at times have played kind of subpar competition but played really, really well. The Lions defense played really, really well, more games than not, and then just fell apart in this game. Um, And the Ravens and Eagles, meanwhile, they were teams that kind of felt like were struggling to find their identity and put together full performances. And I mean, the Ravens yesterday were about as good as good can get in the National Football League and Lamar Jackson really put teams on notice. He really did. I mean, but this, you know, it's funny. If you pay close attention and stop the narrative of the preconceived notion, then you have a pretty good chance of of making it go from one week to the next. And I think Lamar is the perfect. He played really good in London. I mean, he played as good as you can play overseas and move the ball up and down the field. They were horrible in the red zone, horrible. One for five in the red zone. And, he, and you know, he threw an interception on a bad throw. But you just kind of had a sense, as we talked about on the Sunday show, that, that he was really going to play well and that finally Baltimore was healthy in every area. They got Humphreys back, their offensive line's intact. And the way he was playing, it was going to be hard to stop him. And I think Detroit had a really good wake-up call. They needed it because they weren't going to continue to go on this pace, just like Miami got a wake-up call. They need it. They're not going to continue to go on this pace, although Miami had a chance to really distance themselves from Buffalo to win the East. They kind of let one get away there, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, when you see Buffalo lose it, I don't care whether, you know, you you know, you know gotta you got to take advantage of it. So I kind of felt like, you know, those teams that, that had a moment, you know, kind of got left down. But Baltimore and Lamar, I think Lamar, I don't know what his, I don't know what his MVP odds. I think they were like 18 to 1 the last they're, they're time. They're 7 to 1 I think now. they're going to go. Yeah. Yeah, no question. Yep, they've Makes come, sense, right? Yeah, they've come down, and, and rightfully so, with the production that he's had. And I, I joked about it earlier in the program. It's amazing what can happen for that offense when your receivers are actually catching the ball. The number of drops that we've seen in recent weeks from right. that receiving core. Um, nice to see them finally put it all together. Not a ton of injuries, of marquee injuries, rather, coming out of the weekend, but just some names to update you on. Bijan Robinson, we only saw play a very, very little bit. He was dealing with a migraine headache that came up on Saturday and just got worse apparently leading up to the game. So um, he was very, very limited in action. Justin Fields, who did not play for the Bears, looking doubtful again, according to head coach Matt Eberflus, moving forward with the dislocated thumb. Deshaun Watson was just one of five with an interception, nearly two before he got knocked out of the game. And I say knocked out because we thought that it might be a concussion, but he cleared protocol, just didn't come back in. So um, didn't play the rest of the way, but I think it was more based on performance than an injury standpoint, like Kevin Stefanski said. And then we just learned a little bit ago that linebacker for the Chiefs, Nick Bolton, the second best player on that defense, he's going to miss a little bit of time needing surgery for a dislocated wrist. So those were the big ones. I don't know. Did I miss anything else, Michael, that people should be aware of from that standpoint? I I, I mean, I think we also we have to have a conversation about Justin Herbert. I don't think he's healthy. 
You know, I mean, I, I, I saw yesterday that Tracy Wolfson reported, because we had the volume on, Millie was home. She reported you that poor thing. he, uh, yeah, I know, it was very <laughs> bad. It was horrible. But <laughs> he, she, uh, she reported that it, it still bothered him. He had to get it retaped. He, he didn't play well at all. I mean, he missed throws. And this offense, you know, I know it's so funny, Stormy. Whenever there's a good play, it's immediately Kellen Moore's credit. Whenever there's not a good play, nobody talks about Kellen Moore. It's a damnedest thing. I mean, I've never seen people want to give credit out like they do. And yet, what I've tried to explain to people, they actually were better offensively last year. They controlled the ball last year. They had the ball for over 30 minutes. This year, they're playing 32 minutes of defense. And yesterday, they only had the ball 28 minutes, and the Chiefs had it 31. They couldn't stop the Chiefs. At some point, you know, somebody's got to explain to me, besides going for it on fourth down, which puts Staley in elite category, right? We know this. When you go for it on fourth down, no matter how idiotic it is, you're in elite category. But when when this team's 6-23, and whenever they give up 27 points or more, and then in the second half, numbers for Herbert are just horrendous. Like, they can't make a comeback. They can't make adjustments. It's got to be worrisome. And if your whole program is built on a defensive head coach and you can't stop anybody, and especially you go into the game and you can't stop the best receiver on the team, he's got 12 catches for 179 yards. They targeted him 13 times. He had 12 catches. Yeah, Kelsey was ridiculous and got another touchdown added there as well the connection between he and Patrick Mahomes is just insane and you think as he gets older that he's going to die down and then he just keeps on putting up putting up performances like that 179 yards I thought he might go for 200 and Justin Herbert 17 to 30 on the day 259 two picks and a touchdown and everybody wants Brandon Staley to be fired so Kellen Moore can be the head coach in waiting Michael so just be excited for that narrative to continue it's amazing, right? to continue oh, it's unbelievable you get you can, if you can get a rep like some of these guys get without ever having to do anything for it it's really remarkable yeah. like I like to know where have they won poor Mike McCarthy's won a Super Bowl and everybody thinks he's the most horrendous play caller in the history of football you know meanwhile Kellen Moore who you know who's yet to win anything is elite it just doesn't make any sense to me like winning matters more than anything and how you design the game plan from one week to the next is so important on how you win the game I think that's really the critical factor we we all critique the plays right but it's really about the design of how do we approach winning this game like i think the raiders design on how to attack chicago was not very good yesterday it just wasn't they started hoyer which you know he's over what 18 and starting games i mean i don't know how you go into the game with confidence on that and then when you get into the game you make no throws over 15 yards you have no play down the field how are you going to score points you're asking a quarterback who's very inconsistent to make plays repeatedly, good play, good play, good play, when he can't make good play, good play. He can't string eight plays together. What meanwhile, I- the backup quarterback, who's now the starter, you know, he was able to make enough throws down in a, their longest pass, I think, was 11 yards. What I found interesting about the decision to go with Brian Hoyer over Aiden O'Connell was the thought process that 
him being a veteran presence, he's going to be the safer choice. But we know historically that he doesn't win as a starter. It is. It's 12 straight now that he's lost as a starter and has two interceptions in the game. I mean, O'Connell has 13, 13 pass attempts, 12 completions, 75 yards, of touchdowns. He threw a pick two, but still like the numbers, even in limited capacity were better. And it just, it makes me frustrated as somebody who like lives in Las Vegas for as much as I've like grown, been born and raised to hate the Raiders and the battle of the Bay being a San Francisco 49ers fan, like being in this city, you want them to have success and be good. And that you're going up against a division two quarterback from shepherd university, an undrafted rookie who's making his first career start and you lose 30 to 12, that can't happen. And it's, we're going to have Josh McDaniel step into the office here in a little bit, Michael, I'm curious what your thoughts and are going to be talking to him as he kind of steps in, but that, that cannot happen. What happened yesterday is unacceptable in my mind for Vegas right now. And it all started stormy on first down. I mean, there was a, you know, the bears are averaging over six yards per play on first down. The Raiders are at three and a half. I mean, it doesn't matter whether you hit the rookie starts or if he's from Shepherd College or if he's from Cornell or if he's from Hofstra or if you start a guy who's a five star from USC. Like you got to win. You got to win first down. And if you're constantly running the ball on first down and you're not making explosive plays on drive starters, it's going to be hard. And, it, and, you know, they ran the ball more effectively. I mean, this Raider team can't run the ball. They couldn't run the ball against Green Bay. They can't run the ball against every team that they have to run the ball. They haven't had a 100-yard rushing all season. Yeah. Josh Jacobs, who led the league in rushing a year ago, just 35 yards against the Bears yesterday. Uh, we we got to step aside. We do have step into my office next. Not just Josh McDaniels. Lots of people need to talk into after what we saw this weekend. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. 
With all four major sports in action, there's no better time of year to be a sports better. And with our new sports Equinox special, no better time to be a VEASAN Pro subscriber. Sign up now and get full access to VEASAN Pro. Everything we do through May 1st for only 120 bucks. That includes daily best bets, unlimited access to our betting splits, plus all our exclusive betting content for the rest of the Major League Baseball playoffs, college football, NFL, March Madness, the NBA and NHL regular seasons, as well as the NFL draft coming up next summer. Don't miss this. It's a limited time offer. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. That's how you sign up. Appointments are lined up. You waiting for somebody in there? You've got an appointment. And it's not about what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. It's not personal. It's strictly business. time you and me had a private talk where step into my office. It's step into my office with Michael Lombardi. Mr. Lombardi, we'll see you now. The 1115 Pacific Time appointment coming in to see Michael Lombardi today is Dan Campbell, head coach of the Detroit Lions. Still the favorite for coach of the year in the NFL. After getting off to a red hot 5-1 and one start, Michael, this team got brought down to earth real quick yesterday to the tune of a 38-6 blowout loss to the Baltimore Ravens. By the time the Lions converted their first offensive first down, they were already down 28-0. Dan Campbell's taking a seat at the desk, Michael. He asks you, how can we bet, get back on track? How can we remain a contender in the NFC? What are you telling them? First of all, Coach Campbell, I think what you got to realize is you you walked into a, a storm and you got punched in the mouth and things move forward out of your control. It's one game. It happens in the NFL. You've played in the league, you know. But how you react to this is really going to determine your team. You can't let this loss beat you twice. So it happened. You coach about it. You talk about it. But as an executive, as someone who's overseeing the program, you've got to understand why it happened. And then you've got to make sure that you prepare yourself so it never happens again. And whether it's change your coverage, whether it's try to add a player, develop a player, because there's a little bit of a formula on how teams are going to want to attack you based on what Baltimore did. Because really, Baltimore didn't beat you with Lamar running. He had nine carries for 36 yards in the game. They beat you with the passing game. And people are going to try to duplicate that passing game against you protecting against Hutchinson and attacking your coverages. So to me, it's really, you got a cheat sheet. It's the greatest thing that could happen to you. Take that cheat sheet, prepare your team, work on your weaknesses, and know that you're a good team and avoid these things and strengthen your weaknesses and move forward. But don't let the loss beat you twice. If anybody will have the energy right in the locker room, I feel like it's Dan Campbell. So we'll see if they can get back on track this coming week. How about Josh McDaniels? We were just talking about everything that went wrong for the Raiders this past week. It has been an uphill battle this season. They end up losing to a rookie quarterback from D2 ball in his first start yesterday. Conversely, elect to go with Brian Hoyer over the rookie Aiden O'Connell without Jimmy Garoppolo available in this game. O'Connell still has to step in anyways, but they couldn't run the football. Lots of issues, Michael. It's hard to have this sit down with Josh. I know you're very close to this organization, but it still needs to be had. What are you saying to Josh McDaniels today? Well, I think the greatest thing you have going for you, Josh, right now is the fact that you got to buy. You have a little bit of a time. You have, a de- you have a, some time off before your next game. And I think what you really need to do is sit down and say, okay, we got to have an honest conversation with ourselves. Like, why is the running game not working? Is it we're in too many two-back formations? Are we not doing what we need to do? But we've got to figure this out because if we can't run the football, we're not going to be effective no matter Aiden O'Connell plays or Brian Hoyer plays or whoever plays. It's just not going to work. 
and you now have an extra day and I think you've got to have a restart button and you've got to kind of look at this team and say okay what do we need to do you need to tackle way better it's one of the worst you're one of the worst tackling teams in all of football like every five yard game becomes 12 every three yard game becomes seven every negative play becomes four you just gotta have to do a better we're gonna have to work on tackling go back to basics but i think a lot of this has to come back to how do you solve your offensive issues You've got to do a better job on drive starters. You can't constantly run the ball on first and 10. And we've got to stop playing for three downs and control the football to protect our defense or protect our quarterback. We've got to throw the ball up the field. We've got to make chunk plays. We can protect the quarterback, but we're going to have to make some chunk plays doing it. And I think that's got to be the concern. And you've got to take this extra day, send the players home. It's not about more practice. It's about figuring out what we need to do to fix what we have. And it, you're going to have to be adaptive to change. When I was at the Raiders, I had a sign in my office. If you don't like change, you're going to like irrelevance even less. I think after seven games, three and four, not having a 100-yard game rushing, that if you're not going to change what you do in your approach, you're going to become irrelevant. And I would urge you to have the time to do it now. Speaking of three and four, that's what the Washington Commanders fell to this weekend after an ugly 14 to seven loss to the Giants. How much longer does Ron Rivera have in Washington as he steps into your office today? Michael, their win percentage, 428 win percentage right now this season is the same as the overall mark for Ron Rivera with the Washington Commanders in his tenure as he walks into the office. Are we thinking that his job is salvageable? What are you instructing him? What's the message to Rivera at this point in the season? Well, look, Ron, you know, I don't know. You've played in the league. You've been around football a long time. I don't know if you're watching the games or not, but your quarterback's getting killed. And I know you've subcontracted the offense out to Eric Bieniemy, who everybody thinks deserves a head coaching job. But you average 13 yards. You average your 13th in the league in yards per attempt rushing. And yet you're 30th in the league in, in attempting rushing. You might want to think about walking in the offensive coordinator's room and saying, look, I know you want to throw it every down. I know you want to be like Andy Reid, but we're not, you don't have Patrick Mahomes or do we have that line? You're going to have to protect the line. You're going to have to slow the game down because your defense isn't any good either. So at some point, since you're not coaching offense or you're not coaching defense, you're going to have to get complimentary in what you're doing. I mean, you've been very fortunate. You beat Atlanta, you had 193 yards of offense. Yesterday, you had 273, most of them coming on the last drive of the game. And the fact the kid hasn't turned the ball over but three times in the last three weeks after all these sacks is somewhat remarkable. So at some point, you're going to have to figure out how to manage the game around what you have as so poorly with your offensive line. You're going to have to do that quickly because you know Josh Harris is going to make a change. you got to know that because he didn't buy and spend $6.05 billion to inherit a mess, and right now it's a mess. This next one, I'm personally like very excited to see what you have to say. Caleb Williams steps into the office today, Michael, and I feel like sometimes when your tires are pumped so much, maybe it just gets to the point where the tire explodes. And for Caleb Williams, a minus 450 favorite to be the number one overall pick next year, he's a reigning Heisman Trophy winner. Their playoff hopes are now up in smoke after these last two losses, most recently to Utah this weekend. And... 
In addition to the losses, Caleb Williams' maturity character been questioned a little bit, made some outlandish comments recently, not shaking hands with the Utah players after the game. And you have analysts like Emmanuel Acho out there who are suggesting he should sit out the rest of the season to protect his draft stock. There is a lot going on in the mind of Caleb Williams right now. What does he need to hear to actually lead up to the draft and go where he wants to go? Well, I would say this to him. Nobody wants to take a selfish player on their team. Nobody wants a problem. And your behavior is being evaluated with every step you take. You, every time you step on the field, your behavior. You can listen to Acho all you want. He doesn't know anything about what's going on around the league. You want to take the, if you want to quit on your team, that's going to send a message to everybody. One thing you got to know more than anything is there's no player the most valuable. I don't know who's giving you advice, but it's probably not the best advice. And you're no lock to be the first pick overall in the draft. Like people are finally recognized that when you play against good level of competition, your numbers have gone way down. So you're going to need to listen to the truth at some point. You might think everything's wonderful, but as you know, the NFL isn't wonderful. And players have a hard time adapting to their teammates if they're not selfless and humble. And I think that's something you need to work on, and people are going to watch that. Nobody wants to take on a problem. And if you're the best player in college football, how come you can't beat Utah? How come you ha- it takes everything in your power to beat Arizona? How come you can't go into Notre Dame and win? Those are the questions you're going to get hit with. Nobody wants to take on your problems. Humble's not a word I feel like a lot of people have used to describe Caleb Williams as of late. I feel like he's been more and more unlikable um, week to week. Yep. Last one here real quickly, Sean McDermott, obviously a lot of defensive injuries. What can you tell him to kind of right the ship for this group in Buffalo? Sean, the first thing is you know you win. Your offense sets your defense up to play well. You got to get more out of pass rush. You got to get Floyd. You got to get Mavon Miller going. But the most important thing you got to do is figure out how to start the game fast and how to get the lead quickly. That's going to be critical. Playing from behind is not in your best interest defensively. You know that and I know it. You're going to have to figure out that and you're going to have to win with your offense to help your defense. Unfortunately, he didn't get that advice beforehand for me to cash my ticket yesterday, so I'm a little bit bitter, Michael. No, great stuff, as always. Telling the people what they need to hear after what was a weird weekend in college football in the NFL. We're going to step aside here real quickly. When we return, VSIN's own Mike Pritchard going to join the program, get some of his thoughts on the weekend that was, as well as an opinion and play for Monday Night Football. Don't go anywhere. This is the Lombardi Line on VSIN and DraftKings Network. Sportsbook this season. New customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no sweat same game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code VSIN when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. We are back here on the Lombardi line alongside Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bonantoni with you. And as we always do around this time, welcome in great friend of the show, Mike Pritchard, VSIN NFL senior analyst, spent nearly a decade in the National Football League as a wide receiver won a national championship in college as well with CU. Welcome in, Pritch. How are we doing today? Crazy weekend. Crazy weekend. Doing well. Glad to be with you, Stormy and Michael, on this fine Monday. 
So, Mike, I heard you in the break. Uh, yes. The the handicapping's getting a little bit easier for you because of you're noticing trends. You're noticing a lot of inconsistencies. Tell us what you've noticed and how you've gone about it. Well, this is the third week in a row. I mean, I normally don't do uh, parlays, but I, I'm compelled to do parlays because I, I think I've found something that's that's given me an edge. And uh, certainly the last three weeks, uh, parlays have cashed for me. I, I, I did a money line on the Giants, money line with the Steelers. That sounds crazy, uh, but it didn't sound crazy to me. And then, you know, feeling comfortable laying it uh, against the inconsistency of, of Arizona. So I, I guess that's what I want to focus in on for, for me and it's for betters is that you know, consistency is the name of the game uh, in the National Football League. And uh, we, we can talk about talent. There's 1,500 players, so a little over 1,500 players on the starting rosters, um, active rosters, when you think about the National Football League. Uh, and then, you know, when you, we see a quarterback uh, in Chicago from a Division II school, do okay, right? <laughs> you know, it, it's the name of the game it, is consistency. So um, which teams are, are consistent in what they want to do, which teams are consistent with crit critical situations. Uh, the red zone in particular stands out running the football, passing the football. Uh, you break it down to units too. which teams uh, protect the passer better than others or which teams get after the passer, which teams uh, want to get after it physically and have that mental mindset and you know, which teams can match that. And so, I cross-referenced all of that, and, and it really um, uh, puts a, puts out a good picture for me in terms of where to go with my bets, and uh, it's been working out. But I, knowing this as a player, and that's how I incorporate it in, into what I'm looking at each and every week uh, going into to the schedule, uh, it's really been beneficial. Because I, I know this, Michael, like two-jet all-go is a staple play in our playbook and uh, the consistency right. of trying to run that play whether it's against too high whether it's against single high whether it's against zone whether it's against cover four uh, whether the linebackers get deep you know how can we consistently run that play that we want to run 18 19 handoffs those kind of plays uh, are, are, are plays that we want to run no matter what the look is and so uh, that's what we're working on each and every Wednesday as, as we get our game plan books. Uh, and certainly we get closer and closer to game day too. So just incorporating that and understanding the concept of consistency or lack thereof has really helped me out. So with that, Pritch, especially for two of those legs of that parlay this week, I know Michael as underdogs, he played the Giants and he liked the Steelers as well. What were you looking at in those games specifically? And obviously great to see it pay off on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. Like, for instance, the consistency uh, of what the Giants want to do. They believe it or not, they are they are a team that wants to get after the passer. We know that about Wink uh, and then the inconsistency of the offensive line for Washington. Uh, and for whatever reason, they don't want to run the football. Uh, so that plays into the hands uh, of, of the Giants. You know, the Giants, if they if they look across the field, Stormy, and they see a bunch of thugs and they see a bunch of guys that don't that want to play physical, the Giants are going to turn and go the other way. Uh, but if they see guys, you know, across the field that want to play finesse and, and, and try to be cute out there, then, okay, that's, that's their forte. Uh, and, and that's their mindset. That's their makeup. And, and, and that's something I identified, uh, you know, weeks ago. So uh, that, that to me, and also the divisional matchup familiarity, you can throw all that in there. That told me that this game was going to be highly competitive. And, and in fact, you know, at home and with Tyrod, you know, it may be a chance to win it. Uh, and then on the Steelers side, uh, I, I think 
you know, they, we know that they've struggled offensively, but their defense has been highly consistent. TJ Watt, uh, again, making a, a pivotal play. Uh, and they seem to do that defensively. Uh, whereas the Rams, you know, I think the Rams are still that work in progress trying to figure things out. And, and there's some shortcomings, even though they have a great rookie wide receiver out there. There's some shortcomings uh, in particular on that defense, too. So maybe uh, that could play into the hands of what the Steelers want to do and get right with uh, offensively. So those two situations kind of kind of stood out to me more than more than other situations when you looked at the entire schedule this weekend. Mike, I know you and Eric went to school with Colorado together, Eric Bianami, the offensive mm-hmm. coordinator, Washington. At some point, you know, would you have a conversation with them about Eric? You know, we're we're going to get our quarterback killed. He's on pace to be sacked 99 times. We're 31st and third down, yet we love to be in third down and throw the ball, and it's a bad combination. Like, at what point do you, as a player, like look at this and say, why aren't we doing something different? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's already happened, to be honest with you. I mean, it, it's like, what what are you trying to do with this um, with this offense? And um, I, I look at Washington and I look at Eric and I, I look at what they're going through. And it's like they're, they're trying to figure out their quarterback. You know, can they can they move forward with this quarterback? I don't know what the expectations were uh, for the Washington team this year. Um, but obviously it, it's like an evaluation of things more so than doing what you need to do to win games. Uh, and, and Atlanta the same way, but yeah, I, I, I opt absolutely, you know, being able to talk to Eric that way, uh, if you are a, a member of that team on that offense, then yeah, you would, you would like to do that. I, I think Eric's looking at the explosive nature of those playmakers that he has from a passing game standpoint, uh, and really thinks he can do those things, but you're right. I mean, they, they can't protect the passer. One is because they can't run the football the way that they need to and what, the way that they want to. And then two, you're right. I mean, they're in these situations, obvious passing situations on top of the fact that they're just breaking down with protections at the line of scrimmage. VEASAN NFL analyst Mike Pritchard joining us here on the Lombardi line on VEASAN and DraftKings Network. Pritch, let's turn our focus to Monday Night Football coming up tonight from Minnesota. The Vikings playing host to the San Francisco 49ers. Minnesota had kind of an ugly win last week. The 49ers, an ugly loss, have some injuries as well, but it looks like good news at least on the Christian McCaffrey front, and he's kind of the the straw that stirs the drink for San Francisco offensively, so critical to have him, even though Debo Samuel, unfortunately, will be unavailable. The line moving a little bit to San Francisco now up to a seven point favorite total 43 and a half is there anything you're really looking for in this game or a firm opinion on it either way well well the opinion would be that I mean that's a horrible number I think even for San Francisco and and it's their situation on the road um now I think they're highly consistent as a football team uh, I, I think on both sides of the ball in the trenches in the trenches uh, situationally uh red zone I mean very creative too I, I think Kyle will create ways to to help clear up the look for Brock Purdy if he needs to. Um, and then defensively, they, they get after you too. So uh, it, it's just a tough number to lay. And so from that standpoint, I, I wouldn't play it that way. Obviously, you would love to have a teaser, you know, uh, at some point uh, during the week. Uh, and maybe this is the final leg of that, hopefully. Um, the total, I, I, I'm not a total player. Uh, I never have really been uh, a solid uh, player when it comes to to- total. So I kind of stay away from that, but uh, clearly I-, I love the 49ers in it. Uh, Stormy. I-, I just, you know, for me in my betting comfort, you know, laying seven is just something I wouldn't do. 
Mike, I, I know we only got about a, a minute left to go. What was the biggest shock for you yesterday in the league? Buffalo up getting upset by New England or the Falcons turning the ball over three times inside <laughs> the red zone and still winning? Yeah, I mean, here we go again, right? Uh, and I think we talked about this a little bit with, with Ritter and um, and the Falcons and the turnovers. And I mean, you relax trying to score a touchdown and, and you turn the ball over. I mean, you just can't do that and be a franchise guy. You know, that I think that was shocking um, because, you know, Tampa's scrappy. Uh, and I thought they had an opportunity to win that game, obviously, and, and they just didn't get it done. But uh, give credit to Atlanta. They made enough plays when they had to, I think, defensively as well. But uh, it, Buffalo didn't shock me because really they should have lost to the Giants. Uh, and they're looking at, what, three and four, I believe, at this point. But um, I... I, I <laughs> Buffalo was one of those teams I identified at the beginning of the year or an off season that a team that could possibly regress because they're an aging roster. Uh, look at them defensively now that they have significant injuries. Uh, and then, you know, their style of play is still the same. It's more of the same. Uh, and so New England just got physical with them. Uh, and like a lot of teams should, uh, to be honest with you. And then I think Josh Allen has to do so much. He accounts for so much of that offense because of a lack of a consistent running game uh, to kind of bail them out that way that I don't know what they evolved to. Uh, so when everybody else is catching up to you, you can't evolve anymore. You know, this is the things that can happen, especially if a team is highly familiar with what you do. So uh, I, I think that was just a perfect situation for that upset. Prince, you're awesome. And congrats again on another three leg parlay cash in my guy. Yeah, let's see if we can keep it going, Stormy. Absolutely. Thank keep you. Keep it Thanks rolling. Love it. <laughs> Thank you. Love hearing from Pritch, a guy who has been there, done that at the highest level. We, When we return, we'll continue to Monday Night Football, give you the full injury report and some potential angles of how to approach this game. Don't go anywhere. This is the Lombardi Line. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com and check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits, another way vcin is here to make you a more informed, better year-round. You can check out those betting splits for every game at vcin.com. And that kind of leads us into our pro tip of the day here on the Lombardi line. We do these every single show at the network, Michael, but we talked a lot throughout the course of the last two hours about, you know, some of the takeaways and things we learned from the games this past weekend. And it's very much so a week to week league and who's starting to separate themselves, but also from a betting perspective that sometimes when you have an opinion and it also happens to be the opinion of everything else, everywhere else that you hear it. Maybe tread carefully a little bit when your opinion is on par with the masses and specifically the public as we come off that betting splits read. There's a really good book to read called Wisdom of the Crowds, which is basically about when you are in the group, when you are majority thinking. And that basically, if you're not thinking independently, you're probably going to be making a mistake. And all week long, from my experience, I love the Chargers. It was the first thing I looked at the board on Monday and said, why is that line five and a half? There's something wrong. These games are always close. The book's not stupid, right? The book just doesn't throw numbers out, you know? And when I ran my numbers, Stormy, when I ran my numbers last week, my numbers for the game were I had the Chiefs should have been favored by 6.27. I ignore it. I ignore it. And I just continue to collect data to support my thesis that this is going to be a close game and they usually play well when they go back in that, into Arrowhead and all that. And so one of, the recommenda- one of the picks I took for Russo were the Chargers and I lose. And I think to me... When I and then all week long, no one was playing the Chargers. There was no money on the on the. There were no money on the Chiefs whatsoever. On Sunday morning, when I was getting ready for the show, I look up the numbers and I see, you know, I, I see the I see the. I always try to look at who's not being who's not being bet, and naturally, it's not the chart. I think that the Chiefs had thirteen percent mm-hmm. of the money in, and they cash, and so I fell for it. Now. Sometimes we saw this early in the year where if you were on the side of the public, you were winning. But lately, like just as an example, okay, everybody wants to know what's the consensus in the, in the circuit contest, right? Bill A.D., he puts it out in the morning email on Sunday morning, let everybody know, here's what all the people that are betting in the million contest, here's who they like. They went one and four. The least amount of teams that got bet were four and one. Indy. Denver, San Francisco, Atlanta. They all got they all made money. The only one out there is Minnesota. So I think you get what 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 the point of the betting tip here is is because of all the data you're getting, you're not John Q public. You don't have to be with the public. You know the betting splits. And it doesn't matter this notion about being a professional gambler and be or a sharp as they call them is ridiculous, right? All the professional people do is they make a living at doing it, 
right? They, they, they don't really know any more than anybody else does. They just make a living at it and they play the numbers and they all do that. So when you look at all the data, you can be one too. And if you're on the side of the, of the house, you're probably in a better position than you are on the side of the public and the wisdom of the crowd. Right. They say they say the house always wins. Vegas always wins. Right. How does Vegas get these numbers right? It's it's for a reason. And I, I like the last part of that pro tip. If you're thinking the same way as everyone else, you're not thinking at all. And with the NFL, divergent thinking can sometimes be the best way to become profitable in a sport that is very, very hard to bet because there are so many of those data points and so much information out there. Again, VEASAN pro tips available right. at VEASAN.com. Um, but so let's push that forward then, Michael, to tonight in Sunday night football. And we see that number moving with the San Francisco 49ers as a seven point favorite, 79% of the handle, 80% of bets coming in on the San Francisco 49ers. Does that mean that we're going to do the unthinkable and back Kirk Cousins in prime time on Monday night? I don't, I don't know. So what's your view on this game? Actually, before, real quickly, before we get that, I'll just give the injury updates all around. Um, Debo Samuel out at least two weeks with a hairline fracture in his shoulder. Christian McC McCaffrey technically questionable, but he said he feels good and he wants to go as his linebacker Greenlaw, Greenlaw also questionable. Trent Williams went from optimistic about his return. He is doubtful for Minnesota. Their guard Ezra Cleveland is out. Um, wide receiver Jalen Naylor and corner uh, Caleb Evans, both questionable. So that's the latest. How are you looking at this game? Well, I think this most significant injury for the 49ers isn't Debo Samuel. It isn't even if McCaffrey didn't play. It's, it's Trent Williams at left tackle. That, that's significant because he he's got to block Daniel Hunter. He's got to block some rushers. And the ball we know is going to come out quick, but still there's going to be a moment where you have to be able to do that. Look, this team played the Chiefs. They held them to 27 points. The Chiefs scored. Uh, not that the Chiefs were explosive. The longest play in that game was 33 yards by Justin Watson. But I, I think to me... There's sometimes when the public's on a side and the sh and the professionals are on a side and I don't feel good about it, I think you pass. Like, I did not like the Colts. I was not going to take the Colts, but I sure as hell wasn't taking the Brownies, <laughs> right? I sure as hell wasn't taking the Brownies because I wasn't comfortable with them. And so you just pass on the game. You just put, you know, this I'm not. To me, this was one of those games I looked at playing at home. It's always hard in a dome. It's a fast track, you know, Minnesota does, but without without Jefferson, if the without Jefferson, it makes this game a lot harder for Minnesota. And Kirk Cousins in primetime, I lean towards laying the points here because I think the Niners will play better. But yes, yeah, all that being said, I don't trust that big number, especially late. I would probably pass if I if you force me, I will take the Niners. I think the Niners will play good. I think it's going to be hard for Minnesota's offensive line to block this front. Yeah, I agree. And you can tell that the Vikings, the Vikings really have missed Justin Jefferson, really struggled to move the ball, even against the Bears last week. And you have KJ Osborne and Jordan Addison, who's a, a rookie, but he's just not there yet. You know, you can see the talent that he's going to do really, really well in this league at some point, but just not there yet. No run game really to speak of for this team. Uh, everything's showing up 49ers for me, but I too, like I don't feel comfortable laying that number right now. Maybe if you can find a six and a half still, although those are largely gone that could be the way you approach it and 
from a prop betting perspective with Debo Samuel out, do you think, Michael, there could be opportunity to back a Brandon Ayuk in this spot? Maybe George Kittle in this spot? We know how he performed the last time that the 49ers were in primetime. Any other angle there to capitalize on maybe? You know, I, one thing about Brian Flores, you know he's from the Belichickian school where he's going to try to take Ayuk out of the game. I mean, he's got some matchup issues, right? I think the kid that always gets sneaky gets plays is Jennings 15. I think he and Ronnie Bell could have a good day. I mean, Ronnie Bell, I think, has been really good for him. Uh, and so, you know, with Debo Hurt, you know, who's going to fill it? Jennings is a starter. Ray Ray McLeod's the returner. I would I would lean towards I would lean towards maybe Ronnie Bell whatever his over total would be and you know I think to me they're going to try to run the ball reduce the game because without Trent Williams at left tackle whether they start I don't know if they're mm-hmm. going to put Pryor over there or if they'll start Jalen Moore I think that's problematic for him I really do I think that hurts their offense as they go forward so my sense of it is is I think I would play Ronnie Bell whatever his over total is over total is I don't and see. And what did I have this game at, Stormy? I had this game as a San Francisco, Minnesota. I had it as a 6.01 game. Okay. So, yeah, that's probably more in line than if you were to see the six and a half, the seven's a little bit out of that range now for San Francisco. Yeah. I'm My hope is, you know, after the weather game that they had last week against Cleveland, where, I mean, the Browns defense had to stand on their head still to cause San Francisco problems, and they had an opportunity to win the game at the end. It had it not been for Jake Moody being allowed to be an NFL kicker in this league, but, you know, neither here nor there. Um, they, like, they still had an opportunity to win that game, and I feel like now in a dome, in a position where you're angry you're frustrated coming off the loss you do have at least like I said Christian McCaffrey back out there which is really important I feel like they should get it done but to your point sometimes passing is the best option we're giving two pro tips in one today sometimes the best bet is no bet at all (laughs) and that's okay that's okay I know people don't want to hear it they want picks they want this and that but sometimes the best bet is no bet at all and in this case maybe that's the angle that we have to roll with or like Pritch was talking about earlier if it could be a teaser leg for you that you are already had paired with something else or if you're looking ahead to week eight you can still play it from that standpoint as well um but michael great show as always today my friend uh monday's always yes. cruise because there's just so much yeah to wow it's fast <laughs> oh yeah. well, now we go on the net week eight i mean it's going by yeah. way too fast it's like my grandkids are going up too fast this season's going too fast yes i i was looking at my notes today i was like college football week nine already week eight in the nfl how did we get here uh good luck with your bets today coming up next on dkn pablo torre and the sharp money crew on vsin at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.